only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy who could ever teach me Was the son of a preacher man Yes, he was, he was Yes, he was Welcome back, fans, to Son of a Preacher Podcast. I'm Ammon Van Orden with my co-host. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say my name. I'm uh, Jeremiah Cox. Thank you. Sorry, I just threw you straight in there. Hey, before we get started in talking about the pilot episode, I just want to answer some of the questions that we left hanging from our last episode. You talked. About, you asked about Garth Ennis, the writer of the comics, and you asked what his religious preference is. And then you found the article. You want to discuss that a little? Yeah, yeah. I, I found – because I was curious, you know, just the obvious um, religious overtones that the series and the, the comics have. And, yeah, found out – I mean, it didn't take much research at all to find that he is a – he calls – he identifies himself as an atheist, uh, doesn't believe in God. And I believe somewhere it said that he, he was pseudo brought up as a – Catholic, maybe I think, but definitely, but definitely, uh, but what, whatever it is, he definitely doesn't um, believe in God's existence. So, um, yeah, that's what I found. <laughs> Full on atheist. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, my my wife said that I should clarify from the last episode that I'm a non practicing. I do not practice any more than Mormon faith. I don't know if that was clear. But, you know, um, I'm glad she she had you do that because I did think about that once we got off. If was wondering if we had said that or if you had said that or not. Yeah, and there's uh, one more question. You said, "Did the movie This Is the End with Seth Rogen did it get good reviews?" I looked it up. It got a 67 on Metacritic, which isn't bad. I mean, it's a green, right? And uh, you can't complain. Again, we both love the movie. Speaking of reviews, um, the reviews are in for the pilot episode of Preacher. It got a 75 on Metacritic and a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's pretty That's pretty good for a new TV yeah, really show. Good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and I just read an article that said that it got 2.4 million viewers for its first night, which isn't like some knockout by any means, but they were also saying that, hey, it opened on a Sunday night, you compared it against Game of Thrones and several playoff games, that's not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, I know I was normally I save uh, my Game of Thrones viewing until a little later on in the evening, but I knew I had to get out of the way uh, so that way I could make it in time for Preacher. So I'm sure there are a lot of people whose just habits are, you know, they watch Game of Thrones on HBO now at their leisure, right? And uh, and might have missed it, but the fact that it still got pretty good numbers, um, I think, is a uh, encouraging for AMC. Yeah, very encouraging and. What I was impressed with is that AMC has decided – because I was new uh, we were going to do this podcast. And so confessional, I got – I bought Sling TV because I'm a cable cutter. I don't have cable. So I bought the app Sling TV or paid for it for a month for Roku. And with Sling TV, you can get AMC and a few other channels. And I was like, okay, I got to watch this Sunday because I'm not sure if it's going to be on demand the next day. Anyways, the following day, I see this commercial that says Preacher on AMC.com for free. I'm like, oh, geez. Oh, 
the first episode are they doing that or is it, is it are they going to be showing all of them for free i think i think they're going to be showing all of them they're showing all of the night manager on there for free oh, okay. without a login i was like oh, wow cool. i mean it has the little commercials kind of like hulu but you right. can't complain with that yeah cool um so before we get into the scene by scene let's do a quick two or three minute what are your initial thoughts uh once over on what happened during the pilot you want me to go first yeah okay okay um i loved just visually it was a really really cool movie uh gosh keep calling the movie it was a really good show um and so it is uh by the same director um that did a lot of breaking bad is that correct is that right yeah i I believe it's sam caitlin or catlin or something like that okay yeah i mean and that definitely showed through and uh and that so yeah just visually um really really well done um and just being in texas and kind of a west texas um it's just always a great backdrop for this kind of stuff and the fact that it's uh, a tiny town kind of amplifies it felt like that kind of amplified all of emotions anybody had i i thought you know they said that they're actually filming it in albuquerque new mexico same place where oh. they did breaking bad well there you go home turf um I liked uh, the supporting cast. I thought um, Cassidy and Tulip were just awesome, just really great characters, uh, intriguing. Uh, the fact that Tulip is making a bazooka from homemade, you know, crafts is just awesome. This is this is great. This is, it was just total craziness and fun. Um, the um, I felt like our, you know, Jesse was, you know, a little. I would have liked to seen a little bit more emotion from him or more of a range of emotions. And maybe we'll get that. I'm sure we will as the series goes on. But, um, I, you know, I get tired after watching somebody who's just kind of depressed. Constantly. He was a, yeah. He was a Debbie downer. He was yeah. a real Debbie downer. I'm glad yeah, you yeah. pointed that out. Um, hey. and maybe, I mean, I'm sure he has good reason. Uh, but, but I, you know, I, I can only take so much of, of my hero always being <laughs> mopey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see if he kind of perks up as the uh, series goes on. Just to clarify, for those who are listening, um, we are not going to be the podcast that only gives positive reviews. We're going to shoot it straight from from the beginning. And I agree. I think he was he was down, and there wasn't a real big reason to cheer for him at the beginning, um, except for that one fight scene where he just came out of his his fog and showed up. Yeah, I mean, you can tell he he does have some good in it, good in him, which we know off the bat because he's our he's our um, protagonist, right? But uh, but so we you know we we saw the fact that he thought that um, um, the the kid's mom was was getting hurt uh, that really bothered him, uh, and so so that that was good to see. Um, yeah, and yeah, and and kind of to, to backtrack what you said, it's it's kind of interesting starting a podcast for a show that has just had one episode. And so, you know, I think this has a lot of potential, um, and that's why we're, we're, we're doing it. But, but yeah, but for sure, I think we're just going to tell it like we, like we see it. Um, yeah, that's kind of my opening thoughts. I mean, I'm, you know, the, I think it's got some potential. I don't know at all who the antagonist is yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You um, don't know uh, who he's up against. Right. I mean, because all we got was kind of a small, a small-ish villain or, you know, um, and so, somebody who's obviously not going to be around or much of a factor, or at least doesn't seem like. So 
I'll be interested to see, hopefully in the next episode. Um, okay, what are we up against? What are we, what are we doing here? Yeah, what's the big mission? Yeah. What's the arc? Um, it's interesting that you pointed those three characters out because I saw this interview with uh, Garth and us about how he discussed how this show is very different. And that's my first take on it. When I watched it, I was like, whoa, this is so different from the comics. It's almost imperceptible. I shouldn't say that. But, I mean, you can say, like, hey, the setting is roughly the same and a few of those main characters are the same. But it's very different from those who've read the books. And when I first watched it, I was – honestly, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, no, I wanted to see this and this and all these different scenes from heaven and, um, yeah, a ton can of you, different things. Can, can you explain just real quickly kind of what yeah, those differences okay. are? Okay, so um, I want to explain the things that are different without giving any possible spoilers. One thing is that um, – because I'm pretty sure already you can tell it's going on a different track – is at the beginning when that celestial entity came inside Jesse Custer, the whole church exploded and everyone inside died. So that definitely didn't happen. Right. He was alone. <laughs> right. He he was alone and and it's basically from that explosion, that's where he meets up with Jesse and Cassidy and they go on this big adventure. And like you were saying, who's the antagonist? Who's he against in the comics? It's very evident from the beginning. Really? Um he has a huge overarc mission. I don't want to give that away yet, but in this one, it seems like it's kind of a mission against himself and maybe just helping out the hometown uh, and everyone in it. I, I think that's the, or maybe it's defeating his own demons. I mean, there was a lot of, there's a lot of questions in there of, of his past. So, yeah. I mean, it, the fact that this is, this is not a short run series, right? I mean, this is potential to go on for however, however long they want. Am I correct? Is that right? Uh, I think so. I'd like okay. to know the uh, the comic books had seventy five issues, so that's a lot of material to take from. Yeah, Obviously, is. they're not going the same route. But back to that interview with Garth, he said, "Hey, as long as you keep the same, the main characters, Cassidy, Tulip, and Jesse, relatively the same, I'm fine with it. Like, make your changes. I want to do a creative jump." Right. And so when I, when I was watching that, I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm really disappointed." But then. I watched it again. I watched it a second time for this podcast, and I actually really enjoyed it the second time. Yeah, it's it's one of those shows that if I even if I w- we weren't doing this, um, I found I just found myself the next day naturally asking a bunch of people, "Hey, did you watch Preacher last night?" Um, none of them did, but that's <laughs> not the point. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely you can tell right off the bat it's a unique show. I mean, there's nothing out there like it. And so that might be good, might not be good, but we'll we'll find out. Yeah, I was searching the uh, Twitter sphere uh, to see what the reactions were, and I would say maybe one out of fifty were negative, and it was only a comic book fan who was saying like, "Hey, they didn't do it the way I wanted to do it." Right. But everyone right. else is like, "Hey, I don't know what the hell this is, but I love it, and right. I want to watch more of it." Um, one thing that I think that they did keep from the comics um, was the what the writer did really well was he kind of he left a lot of mysteries in there and of upcoming things of potential like hey what's going on next and I don't know if you spotted that but I think there was a lot of mysteries of 
hey, what's all the backstory? Like, for example, at the very beginning with Jesse, you see his flashback with his dad. And we have no idea. Obviously, that's going to play a big impact. How did it, How did his dad get killed? Um, and what? It, who did it? Well, yeah, and even even with, uh, and I mean, I'm going to get to be the first one to say it on the podcast. Uh, even with Arseface, um, <laughs> we we have we have no no idea why that happened yet. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to be a lot to be uh, discovered. I think coming up. No, it's funny. So another not spoiler because they've obviously gone to a different direction, but. Funny to note that in the comic books, um, Arseface was – he became that way because apparently he was a big fan of Nirvana. And when Kurt Cobain killed himself, he decided to do the same. And he shot himself with a shotgun and that's how his face became like that. And, so, I mean, that could we could still get that story, right? Um, it's possible. I mean, it, but, I mean, why would he be a – this is – Actually, it's not possible, and I say that because we're we're in a different time zone than the comic books. The comic books was in the late '90s. Nirvana was a thing. You know, this guy. You know, we got introduced to him. He's listening to hip hop and other different things. I mean, I guess he could he could <laughs> really love Nirvana, and that's why he did it. But I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but when the preacher comes over to visit. He sees the wife, and she's she's basically catatonic in the living room, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what – like there's a backstory, and I'm guessing my theory is that they're combined. You know, there's something between why our space has his – looks like that and why uh, Sheriff Root's wife um, is completely in a comatose state. Huh. Yeah. That's – that's interesting. So here's some other mysteries. I'm just going to go on some a lot of questions that I have okay. that I really – I'm curious to find out the answer. I think they did a good job. Like, for example, obviously the biggest thing that came out from outer space, right. what is that thing? Um, wh- when you saw it as a non-comic viewer, what did you think it was? I have, I have no clue. But my main question is, well, why why does it agree with – Jesse, but it didn't like the African pastor. It went in him. It was like, no, I'm good. I don't like this. Let me try something else. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, when you saw that, because I think the theme is, hey, we go, I went inside an African preacher, didn't like it, blew him up. I went inside a uh, Russian devil worshiper, blew him up. I went inside Tom Cruise, blew him up. Yeah. So obviously the theme is, hey, I don't like all these guys. I'm going to Jesse Custer, and I'm sticking with him for a reason. Yeah, I mean, um, and then what? What does he get now? Is this is this how he gets? Does he get superhuman powers now because of this? Yeah, I mean, I I, I assume. I mean, it's based off a comic, right? So, I, so that's kind of what I'm waiting for next. Is like, what does what does Jesse benefit from having this dangerous thing inside of him? This entity from outer space, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if how they're if they're gonna, you know, at the beginning of this episode we talked about before you and I um, even got on the show together. You and I talked about the religious pos- possible blasphemous things that could come down from this, right? But 
I think they're taking a different track if they're saying this thing came from outer space and not from heaven where it came from in the comic books. Or maybe that's just their intro and later outer space will equal heaven. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Yeah, I mean, people, when they think of heaven, they think of it as above, um, even though that's not necessarily scriptural. But but maybe they just, maybe in this universe, heaven is literally above us. And it's just coming down, and it's just got to go through space to get down here. I don't know. Well, just for everyone's reference, in the Mormon uh, belief system, the God is an actual physical being and is in, like, it's not like a lot of religions believe that he is just everywhere and nowhere. And in all of us, he is an actual physical being and is somewhere. Um, It's not just like another dimension. So, um, where heaven is, that's, that's the other question, but, right. uh, that they don't really explain, but I don't know. I don't know if that's a, too much of a tangent, but anyways, okay. Back to the show. I don't want to spoil it for people and telling people what they are, what that is, at least in the, you know what? Let's just do it. Hey, people be, <laughs> be warned, be warned. This is what the comic book said. So if you are, if you want to be surprised, Cut this out for, you know, turn down the volume for about 30 seconds. Okay. So in the comic books, this is an entity called Genesis, comes down from heaven, and this Genesis is a, uh, a being that was between um, basically an angel and a demon, uh, made love, and this was the baby that came out from between them. And angel, angel, demon, baby. Angel, demon, love, baby. Wow. Um, love child, sorry, is the appropriate term. So that's why, I don't know if you remember this, if if you caught up on this, but when the entity went into Custer in the, in that scene where it slowly creeped up to him, it, it was interesting. You could barely hear kind of like a baby's babble and also an ultrasound. hear an ultrasound yeah so listen to it you'll hear like uh ultrasound humming a baby and actually i also think you might hear like a a, a monkey in there somewhere too i i couldn't i couldn't decipher I'll have to go back and listen to that. yeah but interesting thing um so that's the mystery to me is the show is it going to do the same thing or is it going to say like hey we don't want to turn off religious viewers Maybe we'll say it's from outer space and it's something else, you know? Well, that's that's the big question. And I heard um, a couple of people talking about this on um, online and just saying that, you know, uh, the people over at um, Hitflix, I believe, to give proper citation. And they mentioned uh, and made a good point that, you know, this isn't HBO funding this. This is, this is a show supported by ad dollars. And so how um, blasphemous 
blasphemous could they can they get really and you know and like we mentioned in the first conversation episode zero is i i think the public as a whole is more more accepting to to this kind of stuff because most people are realizing this is just a comic this is based off of a comic this is we're not actually they're not actually you know saying these things but when advertisers are um connected to them they might be a lot more sensitive to this that's a good point i i think that's the reason why the show didn't get made in the past and maybe they found a way creative way to keep all the characters and preacher that they love and put a different twist that's not so offensive we'll right. see here's another mystery for you uh let me see if you caught this so tulip she first of all i thought her scene was totally awesome oh she's um, yeah she kicks some serious tail she uh which again is different than the comics uh, although she in the comics she tried to be an assassin once and failed um and she was she was very tough and she didn't take crap from anyone in uh in this you can tell she is like hey I will kill anyone in my path, right. and I'll do whatever it takes to get it done. And she was basically a female MacGyver. That's what I saw. Oh, totally. Just, just to clarify for people, though, I'm being from the military. That was not a bazooka. Oh, um, yeah. So, so if you notice, she grabbed those little metal army figurines from from the boy, right? And um, after she shot it, like. That thing was basically plastered. All all those metal figures were plastered over the helicopter driver and the helicopter. It was actually a shoulder-mounted grape shot cannon. That that would be the technical term because grape shot is when you you load a cannon full of like metal pieces or metal balls, and so basically it's a big shotgun. So did. Did somebody on the show call it a bazooka, or did I just call it a bazooka? No, she called it a bazooka. She yeah, did? You, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were right. That's what she said. Like, hey, kids, this is how you make a bazooka. Anyway, this is how you make a bazooka. Now, who wants to play hide-and-go-seek? <laughs> Which is fun. I mean, I'm, right. being, I'm being overly technical, but... That's okay. So my mystery with Tulip, she gets she gets the um, map from that guy. So a, what is the map about? That's what I'm. What is this heist? Or I'm assuming it's a heist, some sort of job that she wants to do with Jesse. And the second one is she got a text message. Did you notice that? She's like text message. They're incoming to your location at 23 minutes. Who is this text message from? Yeah, and, and are they related? I'm assuming they are, this, this job and this text, but maybe not. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping that one of those two kind of becomes our arc. Yeah, I, I think um, towards the end, they did a little montage, and you saw her with the map again, painting her toenails. So that's she's not giving up on this anytime soon, so I think that's coming up. Um, yeah. As far as Cassidy... I thought that was a really interesting way, not how they did it in the books, but awesome way to introduce him by having him do like an epic medieval fight in an airplane 30,000 feet above Jesse Custer. Yeah, and literally drop from the sky into the scene, into his new world. Yeah, yeah I, I, it was an interesting way to – a very creative way to me to to show people – 
who he is and basically the limits of his power. Which are what? Well, um, one is he's a vampire, right? He doesn't right. want – he was afraid of the day. But he's a vampire without sharp teeth like our normal vampires. He just looks like regular teeth, but he likes to bite people in the neck. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, go ahead. As a non-comic uh, book reader, I I um I thought he was going to be the the antagonist. I thought he was going to be when I first saw him. I was like, okay, well here's here's our villain. Here he is. But then as the show was going on, you could see that wasn't going to be the case. And I was actually more happy because I thought I want this guy to be. I, I want this guy to stick around a long time. <laughs> I th- for sure. I mean. I'm skipping ahead, but I thought he was the best part of the show so far. Yeah. Best part. And yep. the, so what you have in Preacher, you've got a preacher with some sort of divine powers. You've got a vampire who's, I don't know, quasi good. And you have an assassin. So, and those three team up. And it's that's the beauty of comics. You can throw all sorts of combos together and make a great story out of it. Absolutely. Um, so the sorry, I keep going back and forth from mysteries, but here's the mystery that I have from Cassidy. So you you learn that he can basically take any amount of damage as long as he's got some blood or something to eat to heal him, then he's fine. Um, and he can't do light. Like if he's near light, he'll burn. Like you saw at the very yep. end, where he like brought his hand out to and caught on fire. But um, the mystery for me is when he was at the bar and Jesse got into that fight, he got a phone call, talked to some guy. He said, hey, how did they find me? Um, you know, can you wire me some money? So someone was on that other line. He's basic. There's apparently there's some group that's after him. We don't know why. We don't know who these medieval like religious zealots are. And we don't know who his friend is. <laughs> I don't know how they keep finding me. It's, I'm getting, I had to jump out of a plane 30,000 feet. Hey, I'll look into it. Meantime, stay out of trouble. Get rid of your credit cards, hold up and lay low. Oh, man, no, all right. Now, listen, I need you to wire me some... Oh, come on, you. Yeah, there's that. Um, there's Tulip's job, which is the job to end all jobs. There's... Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, each, each of these characters have have quite a bit of baggage that they're bringing in and that we're going to be finding out over the course of the series. I think. Do you, what did you think when Tulip and Jesse got together in the, that car scene, in the car? Yeah. And she said, we are who we are, Jesse. Cause I thought that was kind of the theme of the episode, which was what the, the question of, can we change or, are we who we are deep down? There is no change. Yeah. I mean, that's, that might be um, also one of the messages of, of the, of the whole series, just the whole idea of religion, right? Is that you become somebody new when you are, when you accept God into your life or whoever it is, right? Uh, that you are, that you can change who you are. And that, that could be a theme of the whole, of the whole, the whole thing is are we are are we who we are and then and that's just it or is there actual redemption and can you change Does yeah, that make sense? yeah no totally and i think if you saw jesse in the jail with cassidy he said you know i've failed a thousand times 
uh, he failed a promise. I'm assuming that promise was to his dad, but it seems like he just, like you said, he was a mopey, um, sad character the whole time. And maybe that's good. Maybe it's good because we'll see some real arc with him and he'll change. Now, how, what's his demeanor in the comics at the beginning? It's not mopey like that. It's, um, well, (laughs) in the, in the very first episode, he is really pissed at, uh, people in his town and so he gets he does get in a bar fight with people in the from the town saying you know they don't live up to good values and then because of that fight they all end up showing up at church everyone the whole town because uh, they're wondering what that crazy preacher is going to do <laughs> and it turns out they all get destroyed they all die <laughs> so, they all die from the gotcha so um i don't know i think there's a ton of great mysteries coming forward hints of the future what's going to happen next who are the the other obvious mystery is who are those two guys that are investigating all the different sightings of that celestial being these two guys now i don't know i i'm cheating a little bit we'll again here's another spoiler possibly uh those two characters if you look on imdb based on their names i had to look it up myself because it didn't register but those two names are actually um, characters from the book who were angels. Um, there's there's two different types of angels apparently in uh, Ennis's book. There's the angels that are the worker bees, and then there's the angels that have the wings and look super awesome and can you know fight the Lord's battles. Right. So these are the worker bee angels that basically lose control of, of whatever the that thing flying is. Entity. Genesis, and because of that, they're on the hunt for him. Whether or not that's what they are in this show, or if they're just like special agents, we don't know. Right. Wow. Yeah, there's just so many, so many characters. It's like, there really are no cut and dry characters yet. You know what I mean? Every single person we've met, except maybe like the sheriff, uh, has, has major questions around him speaking of the sheriff glad you brought him up so he uh they've definitely changed some things from the comic book because in the comic book he is a terrible racist who who is the dad of Arsface, face but he um he basically he's he's the first nemesis that the preacher has to battle or, or get rid of and so uh and he is not part of the congregation so i think this because of they have budget concerns, you know right. it's not like a comic book. you can draw whatever you want so i I think they they can't just hey, we're going to build a church, and then the very episode we're going to blow up that church right so I'm guessing that uh at least for this first season, have a mission that's surrounding this the townsfolk I mean you've got another character who wasn't in the comic books you've got Emily, his uh piano player who i did you get the feeling that she was attracted to him? It's hard to tell. You could tell she, you know, cared about him. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I couldn't. I kept wondering, wondering the same thing. But they obviously have some sort of fairly good relationship and trust there. I think. Why are you lying about to him? Three years since Kevin passed. No shame making yourself available. <laughs> Completely available. Not completely like a, you know, but yeah, I'm available. 
Yeah. I think I I don't know it was it was very subtle but I think the diner scene with the mayor and just the scene where she was kind of disappointed after he walked out of the minivan and she broke the iPad the kid's iPad yeah I think she I think she likes him she secretly likes him and she's been waiting for him to you know make a move since her husband's gone we right. don't know how he died but but I don't know. So I think that's going to be kind of like a love triangle issue coming up. Uh, either way, the whole episode, 90 minutes, one long pilot coming out right out of the shoot. They're not going to have another episode for two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I think it's because of Memorial Day. Um, that makes sense. So they're going to replay that episode. And just so everyone knows, uh, if you ever watched The Walking Dead, they're doing um, – a thing called talking preacher or something like that. It was talking, talking the walking dead. I don't know. It's with Chris Hardwick, which I really like him. Great comedian. I've seen him on, um, when I went to comic con, he's a, he's an awesome moderator. So they're going to do a little after the show bit on Sunday when they replay the pilot. So everyone check it out and we won't have another episode for two weeks. Give me, before we go, Tell me your favorite and least favorite part of the show. I think uh, the favorite part was definitely Cassidy's uh, introduction. That was just this is a great fight sequence, and you kind of got to see you you got to see all of him of, of who he is and what he's about. That he's hilarious, uh, and that he just can just a just can kick butt whenever he wants. Just is a great fighter and you find out that he uh, loves to drink blood and um <laughs> and the fact that he just jumped out and was like oh i'll be, I'll be all right like that just was i was great i loved it um <laughs> i'm gonna think about my least favorite while you tell me about your favorite which means i really won't be listening to you but go on <laughs> okay so i agree i think cassidy was also my favorite i loved when he just like Knock that guy down by kicking the chair, sliding the chair under him. And yep. his, my favorite line of the episode was, what are you just so depressed about? Someone beat you up with a dark and handsome sticker? <laughs> like- <laughs> Evening, Padre. What's the matter with you? Someone beat you up with a dark and handsome sticker. <laughs> I thought I thought he was great. Um, well, hopefully, I mean, I, I shouldn't bag completely on uh, Dominic Cooper, the guy who played Jesse. I, I thought he did fine. I was impressed that he had a. Um, these guys have been do, doing really good on their accents. I mean, he's from London, and he had a pretty decent Texas accent, didn't you think? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought as a as an acting job, he did he did great. I think he's a he's a he did a really good job. But I just think. The, obviously, the script he was given um, called for him pouting for 90 minutes. Uh, <laughs> which, well, you could say the same thing for Jon Snow. He's been pouting for six seasons. That's true. And there's times when I could take or leave Jon Snow. But, um, yeah, I I think uh, that was – yeah, that, that that's my answer, too, is just that, you know – um, for as crazy as this world is, I, I would have liked to have seen just a little, gosh, just a little bit of, um, of a hint that, okay, this guy actually does have a 
pretty good personality too. We didn't really get any of that, but um, that's really that's really um, nitpicking if that's my my main beef. Okay, well, I don't know if you saw this, but I I really like the fact that I mean I agree with what you're saying, but when he had the fight with those guys in the bar. Um, he perked up was, a little bit. Yeah, he did perk up. There was just one little glimpse of like, yeah. hey, I'm going to smoke, you know? Yeah. So there's yeah. obviously something in him. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see, hey, what is the past? What makes him this way? Like, why is he all mopey and dangerous? Um, right. My My least favorite part, it's also nitpicky. It's not really so much a part as as much of just problems with TVs or movies these days all the time. I don't know if you pick this up, but sometimes they have, um, they throw in, you can tell they throw in audio after the fact, like it wasn't the actor saying it, their backs are to right. the screen yep. and they throw it in. Cause they're like, Oh, this is missing something. Um, and I saw that a couple times. And I did it kind too. Of, it brought me out of the show. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and it, and and I hate it because you're in it and you're kind of like believing in that world and then they throw in a piece of audio and you're just like oh. Do you know what show did that all the time was Arrested De- uh, Arrested Development? <laughs> did you know that? Did you, did you ever notice that? When you, um, I, you know, honestly, I, I hate to admit this, but it's been a, a few years since I really watched it, so I, I don't remember that. Yeah, they they did that a ton, but it's also a comedy, so you can get away with it. Yeah, you can. They so this one of the scenes. I don't know if you remember, but he it was when they're in the car, Jesse and her, uh, Jesse and Tulip, and she's like his face is away, and she says something like, "Fill your daddy's shoes." I think was the term what she said. Like, are you afraid that you'll fill fill your daddy's shoes? And right. It, you could. I don't even know if it was the same actor because I know they have different actresses doing or actors doing those parts. So it was just so off. I was like, ah, oh, come on. It was grating to me. Uh, I that one didn't really stick out to me as much, but um, I see. I see. I see what you're what you're getting at. Anyways, I'm really excited for the rest of the season. I think it has I think it has a lot of potential and just like you said, it's very unique. It's nice to see even though we've had gosh, decades of TV. It's nice to see something original. It's it's hard to find that these days. I'm super excited. I'm excited too about his his like you said, what is his superpower now that he is been um consumed by that right. being? Well, he obviously at the very end, as to close this episode off, he told that guy to be brave, open your heart, you know, and t- oh, talk yeah, to him. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that obviously gave him this power to command people to do basically exactly, exactly what he wants. <laughs> so, which which is funny because it's an amazing power, but it obviously can get you into trouble if you take it. To if you take the literal extremes, right? So and, we'll find out if he can turn that power off and on, or if for the rest of however long he's possessed, he has to be very, very careful <laughs> at how he talks to people. <laughs> well, what's interesting too is how they did that. He doesn't still now. Granted, by the end of the episode, he doesn't even know what he did. Right. <laughs> he he yeah. just knows the guys walked out. 
And, I mean, I, I'm assuming that he'll find out, but maybe he won't. Maybe he'll, he'll have no idea that that guy did that, and they'll have to keep going through this um, journey to find out that he has these powers. One, sorry, okay, one last thing I noticed. So I'm watching this the second time, and I'm seeing him use this power to convince this guy, hey, go be brave, open your heart. And again, the sound, so they made this sound when he did this, when he said his powers, and it sounded like a car alarm in the background. And he he goes like, did you hear that? Um, that this is what Jesse Custer says after he commands this, commands him. He said, "Did you hear that?" And it, like I listened to it a couple times, and it sounded like car alarms. And I don't know; it could be absolutely nothing. It could be like I'm sure it's not nothing. It, it, he, it could be. It, it could be that he just set off car alarms with the this power of his word that he has, or it could be like, hey, what is that? You know, those car alarms going off for? I don't know. Just theories. I love to speculate. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a script. It's not improv. So if they wrote it in there, it's got to mean something. Good point. Feel the last time, Ted. Be brave. Tell her the truth. Open your heart. Be brave. Tell her the truth. Open my heart. Do you hear that? Be brave. Tell the truth. Hey everyone, thanks again for coming in. We hope you're listening and we hope if you want more episodes, please subscribe to our podcast. Give us some good reviews. You can um send us a email at postpreacher at gmail.com or uh, look us up on our Twitter feed, Son of a Preacher. We'll talk to you next week or in two weeks when the next episode comes out. Thanks again, Jeremiah. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Eamon.